Coach Beamer, thank you for this process. I know I have, uh, you know, he's, he's right, right? He's right. Uh, just last summer, uh, I had a chance to bring my son Stone down here to a, uh, junior, to a uh, high school camp. And uh, it was my first time here. It was my first time to experience uh, everything here at South Carolina, facilities, the resources, uh, the coaching staff. And as you guys know, in general, uh, Coach Beamer and Dow Loggins. And I've known Dow for a long time. Uh, we never really crossed paths in, in regards to uh, being in the same room together and, and, and working together. But we've had a bunch of relationships uh, through, and friendships through people that, uh, we, that we are both close with uh, that have always spoke so highly about, uh, about him and, and uh, how he works and what I've found what I've realized over the last 48, day, or 48 hours or so is that they're right. And, uh, but I, I will tell you this, um, there was a moment last summer while I was here uh, speaking with Coach Beamer. And, you know, in this profession, I've learned, you know, one of the values and one of the ways to be successful as a coach, especially an assistant coach, is to surround yourself with the good people, right? People that have, they're high character, they're passionate, uh, they're on a mission to success. And I think one of the things that I felt connected with the most was, uh, Coach Beamer's passion to make an impact in the youth and the kids that he's around. And that's something that I have strived on in my coaching career to basically put at the forefront to build programs because I believe in that. And, uh, and I was highly, highly, uh, uh, I, I just, from that moment when I left, I just, I had so much respect for him and became a Gamecock fan. Uh, and was hoping that, you know, obviously he would be successful and, and followed his, you know, followed the Gamecocks a little bit more than normal. But uh, I can tell you now that I am completely honored to be the wide receiver coach at, uh, at the University of South Carolina, and I'm honored to be part of the staff. And I told the team yesterday when I first walked in, and I'll never forget this, and some Jordans and jeans and, and a polo and, and a vest, uh, and I – got a chance to just talk to the guys in the special teams room that uh, I'm here to help. I'm here to assist. I'm here to develop. I'm here to push. And uh, I don't see why USC doesn't have the best wide receiver core in the country year in and year out. Uh, we recruit the best players in the country year in and year out. And uh, that should be our standard. And that will be our standard. And that's something that we're going to have to get to work on because development is not, it's not easy. It's not a coach's choice. Development has to be a player's choice first. And uh, as we get to know these guys and <clears throat> their, their, my relationship with them and learn about their backgrounds, learn about where they're from and learn about their stories, right, and get to know them, uh, we'll start developing these young men. And, and, uh, but until then, uh, I'm proud to be here and I'm proud to be the wide receiver coach here at South Carolina. Any questions? How you doing, Mike? David Kloniger with the Charleston Post and Courier. Welcome to Columbia. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a couple for you. One, will you cross-train your receivers to also play safety just in case? Uh, there will be a borderline. I, I do think there's a lot of tangibles. If a young man wants to get to the next level, they do have to learn some of those defensive qualities to play special teams. And so I do think that those are things that you do talk about, your tackling and things like that. But – uh, we'll, we'll stick to just coaching wideouts, you know, just teaching them how to become great wide receivers first uh, before we talk about becoming a, 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 a play both ways. 
And two, uh, with recruiting, I mean, obviously you've done it as a head coach at Limestone. So is it really that much of a switch for you to come into this position and, I guess, focus more on the position instead of recruiting a whole team? Yeah, you know, it becomes uh, a lot easier, right, in regards to now my focal point is to make sure that my room is, uh, is, is the standard that we set. Um, I do think when you're an assistant coach just coming from that chair before, I do think that that is a major response. That's, that's the number one responsibility of any assistant coach is to make sure that your room is uh, significant enough to be a highly competitive room, uh, to have a lot of talent in that room. And listen, I mean, we're all put on this earth to be to do something. And it's not to just I tell our guys all the time, it's not to just be average. Right. I mean, we're put on this world to, to go do something if you believe in that. And, and that's to be great. And uh, I do believe that the Blitnikoffs and the Heisman Trophy winners and all those kind of things and the candidates uh, should come out of that room, right? That should be your standard. Uh, but it will make it a lot easier uh, just focusing on 13, 14 guys instead of uh, the, the, the joy that I've had over the last uh, two years of 205 guys. So it'll, be, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll shorten down that time just a little bit. Hey, Coach, I'm Hale McGranahan with the Big Spur 24-7. Um, I, I was just curious with, with what Coach Beamer was saying about Mazia. What, what do you recall about getting to know him, I guess, in the recruiting well, you, process? You, you can call Mazia's dad, and he'll tell you about that one. But, uh, you know, I, I, believe, I believe that uh, – I believe there's two type, of, two type of athletes, okay? I believe that there are athletes who uh, want to just enjoy the ride – Right. And, and they want to say they went somewhere and they want to use it as a as leverage for the rest of their lives. And it's great. That's a great avenue. Right. That, that's that's awesome. There's a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot of kids that have to take that avenue. And then there are kids that want to get to the next level. They, they, they truly want to get to the National Football League. And I believe that there's one thing that not only allows you the opportunity to get to the National Football League, but the National Football League, what you really need to know is how to stay. And I think that all comes through development while they're in college and before they get there. I think there's a lot of development in talking about OTAs. I think there's a lot of development talking about the mindset of, of uh, mini camps, of off-season workouts, of what it's like to be in a meeting room when everybody else is trying to take your job. Like, there's a lot of th stuff to me that has to go involve, you know, be involved in that in development. And listen, I've been fortunate. I've been very blessed. Uh, I've seen... I've seen a lot of gold jackets uh, practice. I've seen a lot of gold jackets uh, take notes and, and do walkthroughs. And I've seen their personality and I've seen their mindset, right? And I think that's, that's part of uh, what I think is one of the biggest traits that you have to do is you have to be able to develop people uh, to get to that point. And, you know, I feel pretty comfortable that I have enough uh, knowledge and wisdom that I've been fortunate enough to have to – develop young men to get to that point. Now, am I going to take you to the National Football League? No, that's between you and the man upstairs, to be honest with you. But if you want to be developed, uh, you want to learn how to catch, you want to learn how to get off the line of scrimmage, you want to learn how to uh, develop your stems, your transition in and outs, if you want to learn about how to run to the catch point, uh, why you do this, why you study, why you – I mean, that's – you got to be taught that stuff. And, uh, and I feel comfortable doing that. So, yeah, if you're a high-talented athlete, I think you have a chance to get to the National Football League. Absolutely. I'll try to recruit you because I feel confident enough that I can, I can, I can advocate those skill sets uh, to give you a chance.
And I think that's uh, I think that starts by building that relationship and respect and trust immediately uh, because of what I've been able to do and how I can remove that and make it about the player. And uh, so yes, that was a great conversation with Mazio's dad and the Mazio and Mazio's family and everybody, a lot of other kids too uh, in this state. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be around here a long time, which is a uh, which is a testimony yes, uh, over the last 24 hours with all the high school coaches that have reached out and said congrats or they're excited because they know what we've done and they know the relationships that we built. And uh, that's a, uh, it, it's, been, it's been pretty sweet. Hey, Mike. Mike Uva, Gamecock Central. Uh, since yesterday's announcement, there's been a lot of players, parents that have reached out, and we've heard from some of them. And the first thing they mention about you is just energy. What can yeah. fans, what can players expect a Mike Furry wide receiver room to look like? Well, I think it's uh, there's three things uh, that I've I've built myself, and I think there's it's what's called a method, and uh, I've carried this with me my whole entire life. And the first thing of that method, how to, to me, if you can create the method, that creates success, right? And I think the first thing that you, it's guaranteed is effort. Uh, I think when you go out there and you watch us run around, uh, it, it's not going to be shy of effort. It's not going to be shy of of exhausting ourselves for a better purpose, and that's our team. And we'll practice like that. We'll, put, we'll play like that. We'll run routes like that. Uh, there will always be a purpose, uh, but it's going to be a maximum effort that's going to be behind that. And that's in everything that we do. Uh, again, going back to the question about development, you know, some of the greatest ones I've ever been around, they give max, max effort and walkthroughs, right? Now, I, I know the tone of things, and I know how you slow stuff down, and I know how to go crazy on things. But when you have maximum effort, when you give effort, that means it's important. Right, that you're telling somebody it's important to you, and so you're trying to make sure that you can maximize that. And so I talked, I'll, I'll talk to our guys all the time about giving 110 percent, right, more than the normal. Become rare, right, and then uh, goal oriented, okay. Uh, and, and I call that level up. We'll talk about leveling up every day. I talk to our guys about just making sure that uh, we have goals that we want to reach. Goals for now, goals for the team, individual goals, and how do we get there? And to me. When you become goal-oriented, well, then that's going to make sure you're locked in on your goal, which to me now becomes your discipline. Your discipline in your route running, your discipline in your studies, your discipline in your academics, your discipline uh, anytime that we, whatever it is, anytime that we take the field. And again, I think through all those things, what evolves then is a great teammate. And I think when you become a great teammate, then you become a great group. And when you become a great group, now you become pretty lethal. And, uh, and I think all those things hit really well. They're very self-explanatory. Uh, they're easy to manage every single day, but uh, I just don't think you live any different. And I think if you do live any different, then I think you're wasting what the good Lord's blessed you with. And if, you, if you're going to waste that, then I'm going to get after you. And, uh, and like Coach Beamer said, just like coaching, you know, if that's not for you and this isn't for you, and if this is not how you want to live and this is not how you want to pursue uh, the best that you can become for your team, well, this might not be the best place, right? But that's how you got to find out. Rather than putting hope out on the field, you're going to put a product. And uh, that product's going to be daggone stinking good, and they're going to freaking run, you know, run around like a bunch of banshees and play ball. And a second one for you. I know it's different in the sense that you're not going from head coach to head coach, but we've seen a lot of Division II coaches in the past shoot two decades, whether it be Brian Kelly, Kurt Signetti. They've had success, and they've credited what they've learned from the Division II level. What do you think being able, and I know you had two stints at Limestone, but what do you think being able to work from the Division II level can help you at this level? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I, I think there's really two, two things that I've learned 
that I'm really excited about. Uh, one, a coming from D2, and then one, coming from being a head coach. Being in, having an experience as a head coach, to me, allows you to become a great assistant because you, you learn – you just kind of have an idea of what you want your assistants to do, right? Take, a, take some burden off you. Do your job, right? Keep your, office, you know, keep your office clean, look good, be presentable, get your players ready, get them to study, you know, all those good things. And I think those are things that I'm excited about that I get to do knowing what his expectations are because of that chair. And then when you talk about coming from D2, uh, you're talking about a 205-man roster that you had to manage. Uh, you're talking about my, – my wife actually said this the other day. She's actually excited for me – not to take a break, right? Not to take a break, but to be able to focus on one job with 13, 14 players, not 30 jobs with 205. And, and I think the value of going through all those 30 jobs has taught me – the academic side, the financial aid side, uh, the scholar, how, you know, how important the scholarship side is, uh, the dormitories, the meal plans, the, all that good stuff. And so I think there's a lot of knowledge in there that I think helps more towards the recruiting part, uh, understanding that, and, and obviously, obviously building the roster. But at the same time, uh, there, there's a lot of things that I'll take with me that, that, uh, that's grateful that I'll be able to present to our players and, and, and you know, continue to make them the best that we possibly can. Hey, Mike, Pete Iacobelli from the AP here in uh, South Carolina. Uh, welcome Appreciate to it. the school. Um, I don't think there's anybody else in this room who's ever led the NFC in catches. What was that experience like for you? You talk about seeing gold yeah. jackets, guys like Barry Sanders. The year after you got there, you know, they drafted Megatron, I think. Uh, yeah. What was that Catch experience 98 like? 98 balls, and he, they get rid of me from Megatron. <laughs> To this day, <laughs> what was that like, and 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 how did you? It seems like you've cherished those memories yeah. and everything, and how they helped you to get to this point now. Yeah, you know, and and uh, I, I will tell you this: uh, humbling is the word. To be honest with you, uh, it's humbling because uh, at that time, a lot of people don't really know this, but Mike March brought me to Detroit to teach four first five first round guys the playbook his system, uh, how to practice, how to play in games, and uh, how to help. And uh, that was my job. So it's funny because I was still trying to play ball, but Mike was bringing me over as, you know, to help out those guys. Uh, two, day, uh, two weeks into the season, all of a sudden you're starting, and uh, you, know, you play 15 games and you catch 98 balls and 1,100 yards and, and all those things. Uh, it was humbling. And uh, to, me, it, 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 to me, it does prove that all things are possible through work ethic. Uh, they're still out of your control, but, but, but work ethic can allow you to accomplish things that you probably never could dream of. And I tell you what, I, I use the word humble because all those lessons that I feel that I've been through was not to get a yellow jacket, right? I wasn't going to have a yellow. I didn't want a yellow jacket, you know? What I wanted to do was just maximize my potential and then look for my calling, and at that time, when I caught 98 balls, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually uh, had started training a bunch of high school and college kids back in Columbus, Ohio, Ohio for my father-in-law's football team. Uh, and I was enjoying that a lot more than I was playing football. And all of a sudden, I caught 98 balls and 1,100 yards. And, you know, you just, you, you just got to figure out why. And a lot of it's to 
be able to handle success, uh, to be handled, you know, to be able to handle those things are all teaching lessons that I will be able to use for my coaching career, uh, not as a bragging point, right? Uh, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I told somebody that I had 98 catches in one season in the National Football League. Uh, I can tell you that I've been asked that a lot of times, uh, and I think it's important for me to refer it to how that happened and how, you, how that can happen to them. And uh, here's how we get to work in this part of the method. And that's what uh, th I think that's, th that's the course that I was blessed with uh, through all those, the friendships, the gold jacket friendships, you know, like you mentioned uh, from CJ to, uh, you know, uh, being there when they named Megatron. I mean, I was there, right? I was, on, I, was <laughs> I was taking a knee with Roy Williams and Roy Williams said, I'm Optimus Prime and we're going to name you uh, uh, Megatron, you know? And, and, and I think Roy was doing it so they, everybody would know him as Optimus Prime. He didn't realize he just created Megatron. And, uh, but, you know, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, uh, Marvin Harrison, guys that have uh, Terry Glenn all the way back to college, um, uh, this, all the guys that have literally just taken me under their wing, again, to me, not to have a yellow jacket. But to be honest with you, uh, for me to be able to walk into the University of South Carolina and have a uh, report or, a, uh, or, or the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to take what I've learned and give it to them. To not say that I know Isaac Bruce or Torrey Holt, but to say, hey, let's make your career and let's develop your career and let, let, let's get you to that point. And if that's what you want, right? And uh, so I'm, I'm fortunate with that. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to spend that knowing that that's what you're supposed to do uh, when you're in that role. And, and, uh, and I'm excited to use that here. Hey, Coach Jordan Kay with the State Newspaper here in Columbia. Welcome. Um, Appreciate it. A, a lot of like former players, and you've talked about development so much. I, I think a lot of a big part of that is just making the game of football more simple yeah. for guys who are coming in yep. to college. How do you do and that? Pros, right? Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you do that, and and how do you do that successfully? Yeah, I think it's all presentation. I think it's all about presentation. I think uh, I think you can you, you can give too much information. Instead of just the simplicity of what you want to get done, uh, you could sit here all day and talk about uh, the little things that you need to fix when really there's, there's only a couple big things you need to master, right? And, uh, and so, um, but I, I think it's all, I literally think the entire thing is about presentation. Uh, it's getting to know your players about how they learn. Uh, it's getting to know if they're a board guy or if they're a grass guy. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it goes all the way back to just learning about where they're coming from, right? Their, their, their household, their, the way they were raised, the, the, uh, everything about them has everything uh, to me of, of uh, how they learn and uh, you know, how you can get them to open up, uh, how you can get them to recall, right? And uh, we'll start that when we come back from spring break, but, but I think that's the, the entire thing is presentation. And it's not just being a dictator of this is what we want and get it done and that's it. If not, you're out. Well, you'll never develop the young man, right? You'll never develop him if you don't give him a chance uh, or if you, if you don't maximize the way to teach him in different ways, whatever those are. You have to find those out. And, uh, and, and we'll start doing that here um, after I'm going to go catch some sleep after I came here and they took me some grit night last night to 12 o'clock with same clothes on that I had. <laughs> on the field, but uh, I'm excited for that. And, and I, I'll tell you this, uh, a lot of coaches aren't allowed to do that. And a lot of it's because the, the head coach 
just mandates that you just get it done. And, and, uh, and I think that was one of the things that's very appealing to Coach Beamer, as I mentioned earlier, about his dedication and passion to make that impact. It, that, that, that goes along with it. You know, you got to be able to have the freedom to build those relationships. You got to be able to have the freedom to have the time, right, to develop and the awareness that you got to develop. And again, like I said, that, that's college and pros because uh, it's such a it's such a now world that we live in that, uh, you know, so it's it, I'm fortunate enough to do that. And we'll start when we get back. Thank you. Hey, Mike, Phil Kornbluth, Sports Talk Media Network. How you doing? So you coached at Kentucky Christian in Limestone with limited resources, limited revenues, and now you're stepping into this place, you're stepping into the SEC. Your thoughts on what is now at your fingertips to be able to use? And, and then secondly, I know at Limestone, I think you used to like work out with your players in the yeah. weight room and kind of show them that you can hang <laughs> with them. Will you do the same thing here in the people. weight room? Uh, first of all, um, going back to your first question, the, the, uh, the, the, it's hard to explain uh, about your relationships with kids, right? And and I think, uh, first of all, in regards to resources, I think that when you dig into a young man and you truly, truly, truly get that under that young man to understand that you care about his success, I think that's where the resources go away. And I think I truly believe that when you have that relationship with those young men. The only thing that matters is what's inside that four-inch line and what you need to do to prepare to get in it. And uh, now, is it nice? Yes. Is it nice to have the team room? Yes. You know, is it nice to have a facility, a uh, locker room, um, everything that, that, that USC uh, provides here? Absolutely. It's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's the best in the country, right? But sometimes having the best in the country in regards to just items doesn't allow you to maximize your potential because what to me – matters is what's inside what's inside of you not what's inside of your facility and uh, so there's a lot of things that we have to use to get to that point uh, but when you talk about recovery when you talk about the nutrition when you talk about the things that will allow a kid to uh, be able to respond faster after practices and things like that yeah that's 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 you know you, you don't get that at those levels uh, I think it's important to work out with the guys now you're not going to see me out there with cleats uh, you're not going to see me out there doing anything just to draw attention to what I've done. Uh, but I do think it's uh, – I always say all the time, and I was just telling Coach Elliot, Elliot this morning, uh, we were talking because I think Coach Elliot and I hit it off really – I think we're kind of from the same mold a little bit. Now, he's, he got a little bit more anger in there a little bit than I do. Uh, I think I've learned to control mine just a little bit. But we, we were talking about that uh, uh, just a little bit ago. But w when I was talking to Coach Elliot, you know, it's hard to ask your players to do something that you haven't done. And I'm really, really big on that. Rather, it's uh, like last night we went to Grit, you know, running with the guys from station to station, right? It, you're creating a relationship where you're not making yourself bigger than the team. You're not making yourself bigger than the player. Just because you're, you're the coach and now, or I'm the coach and you're the player doesn't mean that my role is bigger than yours. My role is just to help you. Like, we all need to be on the same page, right? And, uh, but I do think that there's some camaraderie that can be made uh, between the two of you when uh, you are doing something with them. And I think it creates dialogue. I think it creates, uh, again, just a, a stronger relationship and, and, uh, and respect. 
And uh, so as long as I am allowed to do that per the NCAA and Coach Beamer, uh, I'll do that as much as I can to stay involved in our kids, uh, to continue to show them that I am here for them and that I'm not going to ask them to do something that I haven't done or that I wouldn't do.